So today we're talking Commanders football. This is the back row Commander show. We're going to talk about the first preseason game. We're going to react. We're going to react. We might overreact, underreact, but either way it goes, we're going to react. We're going to talk about um, the health of the team. We're going to talk about the third down defense of this team. We're going to talk about the linebacking core. We're going to talk about Carson Wentz. We're going to talk about the quarterback room. We're going to talk about the running back room. Some interesting things did happen. Some interesting things did take place. For those of you guys that are fans of the show, you guys know how I feel about Antonio Gibson moving forward. We're going to talk about the tight end situation, the tight end room. Uh, we're going to have some fan questions. We do have two so far. We're going to talk about Mathis and Curtis Samuel if we have time. So, Without further ado, I'm going to run my intro, and we're going to get this show on and popping. Let's get it. Guys, we are live on YouTube. For those of you guys that are tuning in, please like, please subscribe, and please share. And for those of you guys listening to the audio version of this podcast, please continue to leave me a five-star rating. Please continue to, you know, comment, share. Those things help the show, and those things help the channel. I want to appreciate and show some love to everybody who supports me. Uh, we're going to have a great show today. So let's go ahead and get on into it. The biggest thing that I got from this preseason game was, number one, we left the field healthy. And that's pretty much all that matters. You know, there's a 17-game season now. They added an extra game to the season to remove an extra game from the preseason. I do love the fact that that the offense, the first-team you know, first team offense was able to play because if you're waiting for preseason game two or preseason game three, it's not a guarantee. And then who knows, maybe that preseason game three – is a, a game where you, you just let the backups play. You know, usually in the past, that last game was meant for the backups, right, to kind of see who's going to make the team, who's not going to make the team, and things of that nature. So the biggest takeaway for me was that the Washington Commanders left the field healthy, okay? Speaking of health, we did see Curtis Samuel play. Now, you guys know that until Curtis Samuel is out there on the field and he's out there, you know, doing some positive things, then I'll get happy about Curtis Samuel. Like, I call him the receiver that's not on the team until he actually does something. You guys will always hear me say that. I don't know who Curtis Samuel is. But um, he was able to play. I believe he had two targets, and he caught both of those targets, which is a good thing, which is a good thing. Now, the third down defense scares me. Okay, it scares me. Um, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, the team has struggled on third downs, they were what 31st last year, so you can only but go up right at this point. So, I'm gonna share a video with you guys and I want to show you guys what this linebacking core looks like and why I am scared of this linebacking core and things of that nature. Uh, but in other news, Jonathan Allen did make the top 100. Uh, list. He is number 88. So shout out to uh, to uh, Jonathan Allen. I believe there's still maybe 10 more spots left. And I'm hearing rumble is that Terry McLaurin might not make that top 100. But who cares, man? We know who Terry is, whether he makes a list or not, whether whether those rumors are true or not, it doesn't matter. You know, we know who Terry is. He's the leader of the team. 
And, uh, you know, he does, he does, he's done some amazing things for us. But let me go ahead and share this video. This is uh, David Mayo in the slot. If this does not scare you, I don't know what scares you, right? Do we look at the linebacking core and we say, oh, well, we have Jamin Davis first round pick and we have Cole Holcomb. Right. Uh, you know, now the middle linebacker played fairly well last year for the most part, but he's still learning that middle linebacker position. So here's David Mayo. And outside of our top two linebackers, who else is really on the team? Who else is out there that's going to come in and step up? If you guys listen to the uh, listen to the game, you guys hear Doc Walker saying somebody needs to be a hero. Who's going to step up and be a hero and be a hero? This is a Carolina Panthers team that did not have. Um, Christian McCaffrey or DJ Moore. They had Baker Mayfield and they were able to just go out there and literally score on the first possession. Okay. Or move down the field. They didn't score well, they kicked the field goal, but they were able to just move the ball. I think they converted maybe three first downs on that possession. And even when it was third and long, I'm looking for the team to send the blitz to do something. This is the first team defense with or without Chase Young. And you would expect the defense to play better, right? But it's a, it was the same old Washington Commanders that we saw last year in terms of this first possession, in terms of this first preseason game. Obviously, they have time in, t- in training camp in the last two preseason games to really iron out some things. But as I continue to keep this, uh, uh, this clip going, and you guys continue to see David Mayo in coverage, we complain about John Bostic, right? We complain about our slow linebackers and things of that nature. Is David Mayo really going to help in the passing game? That's where you need Jamin Davis to step up. I, I've heard that Jamin Davis feels more comfortable around the line. Well, Davis, <laughs> we're going to need you to, you know what I'm saying, step up in coverage. You know what I'm saying? That's that's why we're moving you to the outside. So I don't expect to see a lot of David Mayo. I don't want to see any David Mayo. Matter of fact, I don't even like Mayo on my sandwiches. I don't like Mayo, period. But this is what the linebacking core could look like. We're going to be attacked by slot wide receivers. Are we using the Buffalo nickel? Like, what are we doing? What's the plan? Jack Del Rio, you are on the hot seat. We got to see something. They fired uh, uh, Mills. Mills might not be the problem. The problem might be Jack Del Rio. It's time for you to start coaching up this unit. We invested a lot in this unit, especially that defensive line. Okay? Defensive line, uh, uh, Federian Mathis, he, he, he played very well. He was solid against the run. So I do appreciate the efforts of certain guys. Jonathan Allen played well. Like, we know what to expect from those guys. The D-line, for the most part, played well. Even when they tried to apply pressure, I think Daniel Weiss got a sack, but I didn't really see too much out of Montez Sweat. But then, like I said, it's just the first game. Um, you know, some of the other backup uh, defensive ends that are going to step in for Chase Young, they played fairly well. So the defensive line played fairly well, but I would still love to see pressure on third down. The third down defense does scare me, and I believe that was uh, part of the fan question uh, this week. Let me get into some of these fan questions. I'm going to flow with the show and just kind of go with the flow. That's kind of how I roll. You know, you guys know I just kind of flow. I do have notes, but it's always good to, you know, uh, kind of go through certain things. I'm um, looking for the fan questions. We had a couple of good questions, and one was uh, dealing with the defense, which is which is why I wanted to kind of you know hit those questions now rather than later. 
So the first fan question comes from my guy, Rudy Parker Hamlet, great guy, host of the Sideline Sports, um, Sideline Washington uh, 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 Commanders uh, podcast. Um, he does great work for uh, for Sidelines um, Sports. Um, so, but, but, but back to his question, he goes, how much does the defense concern you? The defense concerns me a lot because when you look at the defense, right, we know that we have depth at several different positions. We have great depth or good depth at defensive tackle, not as great as it used to be with Settle and Big Matt I'd honestly uh, being gone. But we still have for Darian Mathis. We invested in that position. So the defensive tackle is fine. Linebacker scares me. We've just talked about it, you know, when David Mayo and Khalid Hudson and Nate Gary and, you know, Linebacker is, is is still kind of, uh, you know, Joe Scobert just signed today. I forgot what team he signed with, but he was a guy that I was looking at. Like, it seems like every good veteran linebacker that I wanted on the team weren't available. John Bostic, I didn't want him back. I did not want John Bostic back, but he just signed with the Saints. And although he was solid in the run, we needed somebody who was more solid in the pass game. So John Kime tweeted. I, I replied back to his tweet. I said, was Nate Gary really the answer? Let me see if he's responded to my tweet. Was Nate Gary really the answer? Don't know. Don't know. Um, let's get back to let's get back to football. So I'm gonna unshare my screen for now. I got more things to share as the show goes on. Um, yeah, the linebacking core scares me. Um, and then when you look at corner, is Benjamin St. Juice healthy? Is he going to be healthy enough? Right? We don't know. These are some of the questions that we don't know. And you, you, like, you can't get comfortable or you can't get excited about the corner depth. Right? Something happens outside of the top three guys. Who are your backup corners? I mean, I'm just being real. Who are your backup corners? And then in terms of safety, I love the so at certain spots of this defense. I'm excited. I like the safety. A group that we have right now is pretty deep, uh, including the guys that are going to possibly be on the practice squad. It seems like we might possibly keep five safeties just because we normally use one safety as a Buffalo nickel. But the Buffalo nickel is going to be played by several different positions from corners to to linebackers to safety. So I don't really know how many safeties we're going to keep, but I do love the safety group. But what scares me the most is the corner depth and that defensive, um, uh, sorry, the, uh, the corner depth scares me and the linebacking group scares me as well. Um, we also had another question, and the question was pretty good. Let me get back to that question. The second question uh, was by Franchise Talk. He says, will Gibson still be RB1 by the end of the year? I want to transition to this running back group because it's it, it, it was really uh, – it's really tough to watch, and it's in. I support Antonio Gibson, but for those of you guys who watch the show, for those of you guys who watch my fantasy stuff, I've been telling you guys to kind of stay away from Antonio Gibson, right? He's entering his third year. Although he had a lot of touchdowns in year one, double-digit touchdowns in year one and two, at the end of the day, Antonio Gibson is not a running back. He's not a pure running back. I've said that, and I'm, and I'm going to continue to say it. I'm going to continue to say it. If you look at the situation, right, we got the ball. We are on our own uh, <laughs> end of <laughs> time. My sports says Antonio Gibson face bomb emoji. Yeah, Antonio Gibson, man, he's not a running back. 
He's more of a gadget guy. He's more of a guy that's a compliment. I've always thought that Antonio Gibson was a compliment. He's talented. He's talented. Yes, he is. But he's not your prototypical running back. He's not a running back. Okay? As a matter of fact, there was even um, a play. Let me see if I save this because I want to share this. There are times when Antonio Gibson bounces outside when he does not need to bounce outside. Okay, I didn't save that video, but instead of hitting the hole, he'll bounce outside to where there's contact. You know, he doesn't know how to read and react. He'll kind of like, you know, take his time. Sometimes you just got to just jump cut and take that hole. That play revealed that Antonio Gibson could have had maybe a 40-yard run had he went left and then, boom, cut middle immediately. But yet he bounced it outside, and he went nowhere. So he doesn't really have that vision. And lo and behold, Antonio Gibson gets the ball in. What did he do? He fumbled the ball immediately. So that's not saying that Antonio Gibson has lost his job. That just says that Antonio Gibson might lose his job. So that question is saying, did you see Antonio Gibson finishing the year as RB1? No. No, I've been saying this. As soon as we, matter of fact, before the draft, I've been saying the team needs another running back. They worked out a lot of backs. They they looked at a lot of backs, right? And they drafted Brian Robinson Jr. Some people liked the pick. Some people didn't like the pick. I love the pick. Um, so, yeah, I don't think that Antonio Gibson ends the year as RB1. I think that you're going to see a 50-50 split going into the season. You're going to see Brian Robinson get 50% of the carries, as well as Antonio Gibson getting 50% of the carries. Any goal line situation, those goal line carries, you're going to see it maybe 60, 40, 70, 30 going Brian Robinson's way. Whoever that's the hot hand or whoever that's playing well is going to be rewarded with opportunities for touchdowns. You're also going to see a J.D. McKissick. And if Jared Patterson makes a team, you're going to see where he could possibly get some vulture um, goal line touches. So it's not just where Antonio Gibson used to just get all the carries and get all the touchdowns and get all the opportunities. There was a reason why Antonio Gibson was getting all the carries and all the touches, and he looked better than what he actually is. We didn't have anybody in that running back room the last two years. So, of course, you're going to see Antonio Gibson take a, a uh, elevated step, right? So brought back to reality, we saw what happened when uh, uh, Brian Robinson got into the game. He was able to move the ball. Matter of fact, from the first touch, when he had 11 yards, I said, that is my running back. I've been saying it. For those of you guys who follow my fantasy sports segments and things of that nature, you guys have seen me say draft brian robinson while you can in dynasty and redraft he's a guy that could when things flip don't be surprised whether it's injury knocking on wood i don't want antonio gibson to get hurt but one fumble it takes one more fumble in the regular season for antonio gibson to literally lose his job you know these are things that they wanted him to work on ball security and, and from the first what was it the first carry i don't even know it was very early in the game he fumbles the ball and bang the Panthers have the ball at our 20-yard line, and then boom, Sam Donald scores. So now we've seen Baker Mayfield move the ball. We've seen Sam Donald score a touchdown. I was real upset at the defense, but some of that came from Antonio Gibson. I like Brian Robinson. People question his hands. Brian Robinson can catch the ball. I'm going to go ahead and read some of these comments in the comment section of this live. Uh, Roger Smith, appreciate you hopping on the stream. And Manny, uh, he says, we have talent on defense. It's the scheme. Soft cover three zone isn't it. The third down was plagued by the defense for the last two years. That's what I'm saying. Jack Del Rio got to be on the hot seat, man. You keep running this zone. You have a lot of D 
decent to good press type corners, right? And you keep running the zone. I've showed the video with David Mayo just being lost. He's waving his hands like this. That's not going to do anything. It's not like he's so athletic to bat the ball down. I mean, you keep doing this, you keep, you, you, like you're, like you're going to get ate up in that zone. We cannot be 31st again when it comes to third down. This year, if we want to have any kind of success, we got to be at least top 15 when it comes to third downs. I mean, it's just so demoralizing. The defense is out there way too much. Teams move the ball at free will. I mean, it's crazy. Maybe the defense, I mean, maybe the running game is going to help this defense. Maybe if we have the ball on offense longer, maybe this defense gets some juice, gets some energy. They're, they're, They're rested. I don't know. I don't know. But the scheme, I am just sick and tired of this scheme. It's so annoying. Moving on. Rogers says, right, exactly. Use him like Debo. But they, but they won't because they are morons. It's their fault for converting a wide receiver to running back. I will agree with you there. I mean, I, Tony Gibson is not a running back. He's more of a gadget guy that has some talent. You can use him in space. He's 6'2". He has some nice size. I was talking to somebody, and that guy wanted the team to now move Tony Gibson back to wide receiver. No. At this point, you're just going to have to use Antonio Gibson as that secondary running back. Split Look, split his touches with McKissick in the passing game. Split his touches with Brian Robinson in, in, in the running game. You can see a potential three-headed monster or three-headed uh, running back by committee where everybody's getting equal opportunity. You ride the hot hand. Gibson fumbles. You sit him down. You tell him to go sit down on that bench. Um, you have to hold everybody accountable, and everybody has to push everybody in order – to make this thing work. Um, so we talked about the third down defense. We've talked about Antonio Gibson. Um, but like, yeah, like I said, I think I, I see Brian Robinson finishing the year as the RB1. I feel he's going to be the better running back. You guys know my rule. you got to draft a running back every two years. You just have to. Gibson entering into year three. I don't think that Gibson's going to get the kind of money he wants when he hits free agency. So there's a potential that you say bye-bye Gibson. It's still too, It's still early. Maybe he's a guy that they keep around like they kept J.D. McKissick. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I'm, I can't tell the future. But I do see a situation where if they had to choose whether to pay Antonio Gibson or draft another running back, you draft another running back. Running back is a position that you don't invest a lot of money into. We've seen that. Like Saquon Barkley, what happens with him, right? Christian McCaffrey, you paid him. He got hurt. Alvin Kamara, you pay him and he has some legal issues. Some guys you do pay. Especially if you are a contender, you pay those guys like the Derrick Henrys of the world. But if you're not, why invest all this money into that running back position when you can go ahead and attack other positions like corner, linebacker? You know what I'm saying? So even at that, um, you got to watch how you spend your money. So we go on, we move on to Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz played well. Carson Wentz was solid. Uh, I loved what I saw out of Carson Wentz. Uh, I'm going to share a clip. Uh, Carson Wentz was able to to assess the field. Look at his first read, his second read, his third read. He had the arm talent to get the ball uh, there quicker. There were times when he did hold the ball a little bit too long, but for the most part, I can't be mad at what Carson Wentz was able to do. Uh, Like I said, he did really, really well. So watch this clip again. You know, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi. Had he held it on for a half a Mississippi, it would have been a fumble. But for the fact that he looked left, then he looked right, it's real encouraging, and then he made the right play. 
So he knows where his check down is. Everybody says that Carson Wentz does not check down a ball. You're going to see a lot of J.D. McKissick this year. Matter of fact, J.D. McKissick came in and made a nice play in this game. Uh, they, they also threw a screen to Curtis Samuel, which I talked about earlier. So I did like what Wentz was able to do. He did try to go deep to Terry um, one time that I remember. He might have done it again. But overall, I love his – I love – what I saw out of Carson Wentz, he was able to drive the ball down for a scoring play. He took command of the offense. It seemed like the uh, like the team respected him. He just has that command, that feel. Um, I like what I saw. I want him to get better. We always hear, uh, well, we've heard about the accuracy issues, uh, picking up the offense during camp. But overall, like I said, I think that Carson Wentz did well. He can do better. But overall, I like what Carson Wentz was able to bring to the table. Now we move on to uh, uh, Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke did some good things. Taylor Heineke did some bad things. I was hyping up Taylor Heineke when he came in. Let me go ahead and say this. Taylor Heineke is an elite backup quarterback. He's a guy that can come in, God forbid, if Carson Wentz gets hurt. He can come in, spell for a little bit, and then, you know what I'm saying, then you take him out. Or let's say that Carson Wentz is hurt for a game or two. He's capable to come in for that game or two and give you a chance to win. The problem that I have is if you're dependent on Taylor Heineke for more than two games, okay? I don't want to depend on Taylor Heineke for more than eight quarters total this season. If you're going to see a Taylor Heineke this year for any reason, you might as well just go Sam Howell and just call it, hey, the season is over. Because we know who Taylor Heineke is. We saw him last year. We know who Taylor Heineke is, Okay. Um, he did some good things. He did some bad things. He threw an interception. His problem is his arm talent. He can't get the ball to where he needs to go. We know that. That's who Taylor Heineke is. But he's going to come in, make some plays with his legs, which he was able to do. And he made you know a couple nice throws. But at the end of the day, Taylor Heineke is who he is. I call him an elite backup. I think he is. You guys let me know what you guys think in the comment section. Man. Um, also, Let's go ahead and move on to Sam Howell. Now, Sam Howell was definitely playing against some backups. But one thing I was looking at was how is how is Sam Howell going to react? He played fairly well. He played he played really, really good. I love what I saw. Sam Howell has an arm. He has an arm. The arm talent is there. The arm strength is definitely there. He might have a bigger arm than Carson Woods. I can say that. I can say that. But he does have a lot of grooming. He does have a lot of learning. Uh, I think if if you take Sam Howell and you groom him, you teach him, you cultivate his his skills and his talents, in two years, he could be something. I, I, I don't know what he could be. I don't know if he's going to be a starter in the NFL. Can he be a start, uh, franchise quarterback? I don't know. Can he be a good backup? Even if he ends up being a good backup, you drafted him in the fifth round, and that's a success. Any positive that you get out of Sam Howell is going to be a plus. It's going to be a plus. So, with Sam Howell running the ball twice, running for two touchdowns, I did love that. He made some throws. Um, he used his legs. I mean, he had some Houdini. He was like a better pass in Taylor Heineke in terms of the kind of excitement that we were able to see out of Sam Howell. So I did appreciate that. It, he was promising. He played better than Sam Corral. He played better than Malik Willis. Granted that, you know, in the preseason, it's all over. You're playing against backups. Sometimes you're playing against the first, second, third, thirds and fourth so it really doesn't even matter but what i did see out of uh sam howell i am encouraged i am encouraged i would say that how would sam howell look playing with the ones or the twos even playing with the twos how would he look he's going to get a prime opportunity 
most likely in game three of the preseason. I don't expect to see a lot of Carson Wentz. So maybe you see Taylor Heineke for the first half or for the first quarter. And then you possibly, you possibly see Sam Howell from the second quarter all the way towards the end of the game in the third preseason game. Roger says, the O-line was good. Both units like the pass pro. Uh, Beaver stood out to me. And Hill was good. Rodgers looked like a keeper. Yes, absolutely. I love the O-line. The O-line kept Sam Howell protected. When I was watching the highlights with my friend of mine, with a friend of mine that's a Titans fan, he was like, man, look at that pocket that Sam Howell has. Of course, he better be completing some passes. So offensive line played well from the top to the bottom. They played really, really well. Uh, shout out to John Matsko with what he does with that offensive line. You just give him just a little bit. You give him spam. If you give John Matsko spam, he's going to make stake out of spam, okay? And he continues to do it over and over and over again. People are mad at uh, some of the offensive line moves that we made this year. Look, I loved when that offensive line got into space on some of these screens and they were mauling people. Rick Doc Walker gave me chills <laughs> during that game, the way that he was calling the game, uh, commenting on the game. It was, it was, it was very, 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 very good. It was one of the first times that I've watched a game from the beginning to the end, the entire game. So I was excited about that. We talked about the fan questions. Um, let's talk about the tight end situation because Roger brought up, you know, some 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 great points. He talked about Rodgers. Um, yes, Rodgers is definitely one of my favorite tight ends out of these young guys. So let's look at the tight end situation. You have Logan Thomas, who's most likely going to start on the pub, right? He's going to start on the pub, most likely. I don't see him being ready for week one, right? So let's just say that Logan Thomas misses the first three games, right? That means that John Bates is going to insert himself as the starter, right? So outside of John Bates, what happens next, right? It's kind of like, it's kind of fuzzy. We know that we drafted Cole Turner in the fifth round. So it seems like Cole Turner is going to slot in as a tight end two after John Bates being a tight end one. You're going to see some 12 personnels being ran. Like, I mean, they love what they have in Cole Turner. And they also like John Bates being a capable receiver, even though we know that John Bates can block, right? So you got John Bates as the tight end one. You have um, Cole Turner as a tight end two. This is where it kind of gets kind of funny. Simmons Reyes is a guy that I don't think makes a team this year. I don't think he makes a team. Simmons Reyes was a great story last year. Um, but if you look at it, you got two tight ends that are <laughs> three, maybe four. Simmons, if you're looking at our six tight ends, being Logan Thomas, John Bates, Cole Turner, um, Simmons Reyes, Curtis Hodges, and Amari Rogers. Simmons Reyes is the worst tight end out of this group of six. So Simmons Reyes might not make the team. He might not even make the practice squad. Bold statement, but he might not even make the practice squad. I'm telling you guys right now, this is August the 15th, 2022, 5.27 p.m. Manny said that Simmons Reyes might not make this team. All right, I said it. Call me out if I'm wrong. I just don't know. When you move on to Curtis Hodges, this guy is 6'8". He's 6'8". He was targeted five times. He caught three receptions for 11 yards. The last time we let a 6'8 tight end go, or whatever, however tall Parham was, Parham went on to the Chargers, and he did some pretty good things. Now, I'm not saying that Curtis Hodges is going to be some Parham or could be good or might not be good. All I'm saying is 6'8 is 6'8. One thing you can't teach is height, right? 
So I did like what I saw out of Curtis Hodges. But the best tight end of the day of that game was Amari Rodgers. We know former quarterback, now turned tight end. We've seen that story before, right? He's 6'5". He was targeted three times. I mean, sorry, targeted five times, caught three receptions for 12 yards. I love Amari Rodgers, and Amari Rodgers is going to make the team. If we're only going to keep four tight ends, including Logan Thomas, Amari Rodgers, that's your guy. I think it goes like this. You go Logan Thomas because of who Logan Thomas is, right? You go Cole Turner because you drafted him in the fifth round, and he has promise. Like, he actually wanted Cole Turner, right? You drafted John Bates the year before in the fourth round. So he's a lock. It's one spot left. And it's going to come down between Curtis Hodges, Armani Rogers, and Simmons Reyes. The only way that Armani Rogers does not make this team, knocking on wood, is if it's an injury. Even if it was between Curtis Hodges and Simmons Reyes, give me Curtis Hodges. I know Simmons Reyes plays special teams, but there's you can't tell me that Hodges or Amari Rogers can't play special teams. Like Simmons Reyes, good story, but what 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 does he really offer? He's 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 so far off as a project. If I'm going to have a project, give me a Money Rogers. Like the guy looks like, like the real deal. Money Rogers looks like the real deal when it comes to, you know, I mean, he looks good. He looks good. Um, Rogers says, can't let Hodges, Rogers go. So Logan on the pup. Then you have Bates, Turner, Rogers, Hodges, Reyes cut. That's how I see it. That's how I see it. Like I said, Reyes is the worst tight end of the bunch. He's gone, right? If Logan is on the pub, which he will be, you're going to have Bates, you're going to have Turner, you're going to have Rodgers, and you're going to have Hodges if they keep four tight ends, which I think they will. And then eventually when Logan comes back, they're going to move Hodges to the practice squad, and hopefully he doesn't get snatched up. But I, I, I like this tight end room. They're really young full of rookies and full of second-year players outside of Logan Thomas. So there's some problems there. I don't know if any of these guys are going to emerge as a star. What I do know is that if you go back and look at the game, Carson Wentz targeted this tight end. Uh, the, he targeted the, like the tight ends a lot. And we know that Carson Wentz loves his tight ends. When he looks around, when he looks left, looks right, looks up, looks down, he can always trust his tight ends as that last option. So if that holds, if that, if, if, if that holds, you're going to see Carson Wentz target his tight ends. I want to say maybe 35 to 40% this season. With that being said, there's targets to be shared. Um, of course, Terry's going to get his, Jahan Dotson's going to get his, and these receivers are going to get theirs. Running backs going to get theirs. But like I said, Carson Wentz loves his tight ends. And once he starts to, to develop some kind of chemistry, which we saw some kind of chemistry between him and Amari Rodgers, um, I, I I think that's the guy. Amari Rodgers, that's the guy out of this group right now that's leading in terms of having an impact offensively. Now, even though John Bates did some good things last year, it's not even a lot that John Bates gets more snaps than any than some of these younger guys. Because sometimes you're going to need plays to be made. And Amari Rodgers is a guy that has the looks of, I mean, he has the tools. He has the tools. I'm excited about Amari Rodgers. Like I said, I don't know what he becomes. I don't know if he becomes a star. I don't know if he becomes a backup. Uh, it's too early to speculate. Like I remember last year, we were all excited about Simmons Reyes. Oh, Simmons Reyes is going to be 
be this or he's gonna be that or he's gonna do this or that. And Simus Reyes, good story. Nothing came out from it. Uh, you know, it just is what it is. Sometimes you get excited. That's what you're supposed to do as a fan. You get excited about the team, and then you kind of go from there. So with all that being said, um overall, it was a good game, it was an exciting game. Washington did did lose the game, but for Sam Howell to be able to kind of give us some excitement, do some things that uh, that were positive, and also give us a chance to win was very encouraging. So we talked about the tight end situation. Um, Jahan Dotson, he didn't really have an impact in this game, but guess what? Jahan Dotson is still that guy. So I'm excited for the season. I'm excited uh, that, you know, football is back. Uh, I'm going to uh, kind of run through. Oh, yeah, so <clears throat> since we got a little bit of time left, let me go ahead and share this uh, stat real quick. Let me go ahead and share this stat. So I talked about it a little bit, but I, I like to show you guys. So, so if you're listening to the audio, be sure to hop on YouTube and look at uh, some of the stuff. So his biggest concern for me, this is JP Finley with NBCS. He says, biggest concern for me from the commander's preseason opener remains the third down defense. Washington finished 31st in the NFL last year on third down. The Panthers converted three straight third downs with Baker and the first-team offense that did not have D.J. Moore or Christian McCaffrey. Remember that versus Washington's first-team defense. And then he has the, the breakdown of the play-by-play. -play. You know, overall, this is just annoying to me. So here's one third down here when it was uh, uh, third and three from the Carolina 30. Baker Mayfield goes 19 yards to uh to uh, Smith. But you know, you got Jamin Davis and Bobby McCain in the area, <laughs> you know. Third and three, you give up 19 yards. Another time it was third and three. Uh, uh Chubba Hubbard ran up through the middle, Cole Holcomb with the tackle. It seemed like Holcomb was trying to get him early, and maybe he just kind of moved Holcomb forward. I can't really really remember, but it was real annoying. Then another time they're at the Washington's 34. Uh, it was a third and five. I'm thinking, okay, get out there, put some pressure on these guys, make them kick out a long field goal, maybe get a sack and have them punt the ball. Baker Mayfield, 15 yards to Smith again. Danny Johnson with the tackle. So defense continues to be a problem. Um, hopefully things get better. Uh, let me see if there's anything else that I want to share because I did bookmark some things that I wanted to share on this podcast. I want to make sure that I covered everything. Um, yeah, I think I covered everything. I covered everything. Uh, like I said, guys, man, I'm excited for the season. Uh, on to the next preseason game. Um, let's see what Jamin Davis does. Let's see if Jamin Davis takes that next step for this team. Uh, let's see Let's see what Federian Mathis continues to do because they're going to run that, you know, that 5-2. That they're going to have five defensive linemen uh, uh Defensive lineman on the uh, field at the same time. Let's see if Antonio Gibson can recover from losing the ball one more time because he was pretty down. He's pretty down, and you saw Charles Leno in his ear trying to hype him up. Like, come on, come on, Gibson, man, you got this, man, you got this. You're built for this. You boost up your teammates, but at the same time, you know, as you're boosting up Antonio Gibson because you're going to need him this season, you're also telling Brian Robinson, good job. You know, Jonathan Williams, he ran the ball pretty tough. Jared Patterson, I like what he brings to the table. Is the team going to keep four running backs this year? I don't know. 
if you keep four tight ends and four running backs, you need some help at corner. I think this is a year that Troy Ackby's gone. Because when you have guys like Percy Butler and uh, 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 Forrest, these are guys that are going to take that Troy Ackby role. I mean, he's good on special teams, but he ain't that good. You know what I'm saying? He ain't the joint of special teams. So this might be the year that you let go of Troy Ackby. You want to have guys on the field that are going to give you multiple things, right? Somebody talked about special teams. And they said with the special teams unit, yes, you have Dax Mill at punt return, right? He's also going to do some work for us, you know, in the slot. You also have Erickson. Erickson did some pretty good things. So it's between those two guys uh, for a, a receiver spot. I don't know if they keep both guys. Maybe you hide Dax Mill in the practice squad. But either or, whichever of those two guys that can win that punt returning job, Possibly makes a team because you're looking at mirror images with Dax Mill and Erickson. I like what I saw out of Erickson, but I also know what Dax Mill is. He's sure-handed, so it's tough. Do the Washington Commanders keep both guys? I don't know. Did they put uh, Dax Mill on a practice squad? I don't know. Roger says that Erickson doesn't make the team. I can see that. He's just... He's just a guy. He's just a guy that's, you know, they didn't draft. They just brought him in to see if he can really have an impact returning punts. Now, we still need a punt returner, right? But if you're going to have a punt returner, you want to have one that does a little bit of both. Now, kickoff return is still an issue. We don't have anybody for that. I don't – Dax Mill, as a kickoff returner, I don't know. Um, I've heard about Jahan Dotson doing some of that. No, you don't want your first round wide receiver playing special teams and then being out your, out there as your potential wide receiver too. Maybe Naomi Brown is a guy that you can possibly give a shot and say, hey, we want you to return punts or we want you to, to return kicks. Jared Patterson is another good one. But it's like, is, he, is Jared Patterson worth a roster spot just to return kickoffs? So, it has to be answered. Everybody that we keep have to be able to do multiple things. If you're going to keep a Jared Patterson as he's returning kickoffs, you're going to have to give him some, some, some like some other kind of assignment besides kickoff returns. Maybe with your wide receiver room, uh, room right? Maybe you say, "Hey, Naomi Brown, what are you doing for us on special teams?" Like. It, I think that kickoff returning position is so important that you're going to need somebody who's a game changer. Um, we lost the guy we had last year. I can't think of his name right now. It's like, once you're gone, you're gone. You know, once you're gone, you're gone. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that wide receiver uh, room goes. Last year, they kept seven wide receivers. This year, I don't see them keeping seven. I see six max. So I can see where Roger Smith is saying that Erickson doesn't make the team. I can see that. It's either Dax Mill or him. You can't keep both. You can't keep both. Because um, if you're going to keep four tight ends, which is, is it's looking that way because of the injury to Logan Thomas, you want to be deep enough at that position. You can always cut a, another tight end later or do whatever you want to do. If you're going to keep four running backs, which it, it seems like we're going to do, and it looks like we're going to keep three uh, uh, quarterbacks. So it's like something is going to happen along along this team in terms of who you're keeping, who you who, like who you're not keeping. So it's going to be interesting. The situation remains fluid as training camp continues to happen, as, you know, uh, people get better. Injuries do happen. So this is just my week one. It could be overreaction. 
some of my takes might be bold. Like, uh, you know, Brian Robinson finishing the year as RB1. Simmons Ray is not making a team. Troy Ackley getting cut. Uh, the team keeping four tight ends. The team potentially keeping four running backs. We're going to see what happens. What happens at corner? We need – are we going to keep six corners? Are we going to keep five and just, and just hope that, we, that you can find one off the street? We're definitely not going to keep that many linebackers because we don't even have that many good linebackers. So all these different things are going to come into play. How many offensive linemen are we going to keep? How many defensive linemen are we going to keep? Uh, is Chase in the pub? If Chase, if Chase is in the pub, which most likely he will be, you can keep more guys. So all these things will be answered in the next several weeks. Once again, guys, this is the Back Row Commander Show. I appreciate everybody who chimed in live. Um, and I appreciate everybody who, who's going to go back and re-watch this episode. If you're watching the replay on YouTube, please drop some comments in the comment section so we can talk about this. If you guys are listening on audio, please reach out to me uh, on Twitter at TSWithManny or at Manny Chakuba on Twitter. I look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode, on the next live stream. This is the Talking Sports with Manny YouTube channel. This is the Back Row Commander Show. And I will catch you guys on that next episode. We out. Peace.